on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Dr. Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We continue our breakdown of OU spring roster by looking at the offensive line. Then in football, guys talking basketball, we talk about the Thunder making the play-in and give some unfortunate updates about OU basketball. And we give you our winners and losers of the weekend, where we talk the Masters. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, April 10th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of April, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best now we're recording this on Sunday night. Just watch the Masters end. We'll get to that in winners and losers, I assume. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted, how was Easter? Have a good Easter, man. Easter was fantastic. What a beautiful weekend. That's about as good of weather as you could ask for around here. Um, fantastic stuff. No complaints from me. Almost, almost like suspiciously good weather where I was like, wait, <laughs> right. what's going on here? Yeah, that means we've got maybe another stretch of winter incoming or something. I don't know. It was fantastic. Yeah, we we got a lot to get to. Uh, got to talk about the the Thunder making the NBA play in. Got to recap the Masters. But as always, we will start with OU football, and we've we've continued to do our position breakdowns of the spring roster, and it is the offensive line's turn. You have been out to several practices before I go into my deep dive and talking about, you know, pelvic tilt and knee and ankle flexion. What what stood out to you? What guys have stood out to you when you've been out at practice? Yeah, I think um, the number one guy that you're just naturally drawn to is Tyler Guyton, just because of the size and the athleticism. And, you know, he, this is a big year for him. You know, I, the the talent has been apparent for quite some time it's just about like he, he's been ex- inexperienced but um this is the time for him he's a starter he's locking down that right tackle side uh just needs consistency he can move he's got great length 
there's a lot there. Uh, just has to become an all-around consistent guy, and really the sky's the limit. You know, that's that's been the main guy that I've seen. Um, you know, <laughs> it's hard because it's difficult for me whenever they don't have the names out there. It all just looks like the same person. <laughs> but um, Spoken like a true defensive guy. My goodness. Right. Uh, I Guyton's been the main guy. Uh, it's been cool to see Caden Green get out there a little bit as a, as an early arrival. A, a little bit. He's, He's been left size. tackle with the ones pretty much all spring practice. I mean, it's been yep. more than they, they have just thrown him into the deep end. Right. He's got really good size and he moves well. Um, you know, it's going to be tough uh, as always, whenever you're that young and, and mixing it up with some of those guys, but really uh, focus has been tackle and, at times, the interior guys have looked good, but, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You've got a, a, a rotation there, and it's hard whenever you're out there at practice to really get a true – I mean, there's there's good reps here and there. There's bad reps here and there. It's it's hard to get a true feeling of, of what someone's done throughout the spring other than Tyler Guyton, who's, who's looked pretty good. Although, I will tell you this, uh, I don't think he likes uh, – blocking Bothroyd <laughs> who's uh just super nifty coming around the corner yeah I have I've also seen Guyton struggle with old Rondell Bothroyd a little bit but yeah when you look at Guyton I mean he's exactly what you want in an offensive tackle right six 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 seven uh 315 but he's not even close in my opinion to what he's going to be like he's not even close to a finished product he needs to find, he's got to find the consistency. And, and that's the thing about him. Like you go out one day in spring practice, he looks like the best player on the field, right? And then the next practice, he's struggling with Bothroyd. Right? He's struggling with his initial kick. Like it just seems off, but he cares. And, and he just has physical tools that not a lot of human beings on the planet have. Yeah. So he should be, OU's best offensive lineman. If he makes the improvements, he should make the rest of this spring and throughout the summer. And if he continues to build, right? If he continues to build in a positive direction, he cares. I know he's got the right attitude. I know he wants to be great. He's just got to put the work in. And if he does, should be a first round draft pick in next year's draft. Mm -hmm. Like that, I can't. I can't make it more black and white than that, right? He need he needs to get there, too, right? And I, I believe he has the mental makeup to get there. He has the physical tools to get there, and he's got one of the best coaches in all of college football, Bill Beatonbow, that is going to be, let's say, nudging him to get there, yeah, a a, a stern nudging, I would say, but he he should be a special player if he reaches his ceiling as a college player should be a first round pick bottom line. Let me ask you this. What, what do you think is maybe the main, uh, main focus or, or maybe the, the top couple of, of things that could maybe prevent him from getting there? Like what's, what are his two, two or three major things that he really needs to work on? I think the number one thing he has to establish more consistency with is his feet. Right. And that's pass game. That's pass sets run game. He needs to become 
more consistent with his footwork. Does that come from, you think, um, just reps, man. Able, and, but being able to, having been able to rely on athleticism for too long. Right. It's, it, it's that. And it's also, you, you got to know the system inside and out, right? Yeah. Nothing will get you messed up with your feet, like thinking a bunch, mm-hmm. right? Being slow out of your stance. Oh, do I have to do it? What, what do I have to do? Yeah. He's got, he's got to learn the system. He's got to continue to learn the system as well as anyone on that offensive line. And he has to become more consistent with his set patterns, with his run, with his run game footwork. If he does that, he should be fine because he's got really long arms. I, he seems strong enough, even though somehow he's like three fifteen. It still looks skinny, yeah. Like in a good way, like he looks athletic. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. It's not one of these guys that's got a gut or anything like that. So, I I think if that's where it starts, like his feet and his eyes. Right when he yeah. is, when he is one hundred percent dialed in to knowing what he's doing and where he's going and who he's responsible for. He's pretty damn good, man. Yeah. He he's yeah. got to eliminate any hesitation in his game. He's got to continue to build more confidence in what he's doing with his feet and getting to his spots and his sets. And I think that if he does that, which I expect him to, he should have an awesome 2023. Well, I'll be really is, disappointed if he doesn't. Yeah. This is the first time he'll have like any real extended period of time getting number one reps. So you should, you know, you, you would think you see some some big time leaps from him through spring and through summer and through uh, training camp. Yeah. On the other side, Caden Green, when we're just looking at what what it's looked like in spring practice, man, he looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have to remind when I'm out there, I got to remind myself he's a true freshman. Like he's an early enrollee. He should still be in high school. I I've I'm really impressed with how much work he has put in to lean out. He looks good, like physically. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it looks like him and Schmitty got after it in the winter and that he took that part of things very, very seriously. He moves well. Remember this conversation we were having? Like, hey, they'll start him at tackle. If it doesn't work out, they'll bump him into guard. He looks like he moves plenty well to play offensive tackle at this level in college. To me, I, I really... Compared to what my expectations were for him, I think he's looked damn good, man. And he's yeah. getting such valuable reps. Like, how many true freshmen, especially offensive linemen, get to come in early and roll, and they're thrown in the fire with the ones? <laughs> like it doesn't happen that often. So they threw him in the deep end. They wanted to see if he was going to sink or if he was going to swim, and. He's somewhere in between, right? He hasn't, I wouldn't say he's been setting records in the hundred meter or anything like that, (laughs) but he is, he has held his own. And I know they've been impressed with how he's responded to that challenge. All right. So I know I've asked you this question a lot, but uh, I'm throwing it at you again. So if, if he continues to get reps at left tackle, it goes well. He shows that he's competent there. When Walter Reese uh, Rouse comes back for training camp in the fall, what are the expectations? Stay as the backup left tackle, or does he possibly possibly have the ability to move into like your best five 
and end up at guard. Yeah, I, I would assume just knowing the way that Bill likes to do things, right? You you know he likes to cross train those guys. He he wants he basically anyone that doesn't play center, he wants them to be able to play all four spots, right? Both guards, both tackles. I I would bet because the, the assumption is Walter Rouse is going to come back. That shoulder's going to be fine. Guy's played a ton of football. He certainly looks the part. That dude's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he looks how you want your left tackle to look. I've heard he's very smart, great locker room guy, like everything we expected him to be coming from Stanford. But I, you're not just going to hand it to Rouse. Yeah, it's true. And you're and you're certainly not going to hand the left guard spot to Savion Bird. Yeah. If Caden Green is one of your best either left tackles or left guards, I I don't care that he's a freshman. Like I know you want you want guys that have to earn it. Well, if he outplays these other guys that have been around for a while, then it is what it is, man. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, that's good. I I I don't know why that wouldn't be the case. Right. Uh, we'll see what happens, right? It's a long way between now and kicking it off in the fall, but they they've been impressed and he looks the part. Like he yeah. now there's some there's some reps where it's like, yeah, that that guy looks like a freshman. There there's no doubt. Little overpowered here and there. Like, but hey, if he if he continues to improve at the rate he's been improving, I I don't want to put any limits on the guy. Yeah, it's. I mean, it offensive line in high school, like that's got to be one of the most difficult transitions uh, to go from high school to to big time college football at offensive line. Just the technique, the protections. Like mentally, there's so much more. Physically, you're you're blocking a completely different type of animal than you are in high school uh regularly so that's that's a tough transition and the fact that he's he's doing as well as he has is pretty impressive yeah uh looking at some other guys that are playing tackle in spring ball jake taylor is the guy they just from you know being a little thin at the tackle position with jacob sexton missing stuff with that knee injury he suffered in the bowl game they've had they've had jake taylor playing right tackle and looks I mean, it looks pretty solid. Like he is, he is a big athletic guy, moves really well. I think he just needs to continue to, to improve his technique, to improve the way that he uses his hands, his pad level. Like there's all these little things, but man, he, he looks good in a jersey. <laughs> he moves what well, like he, and that's why they recruit him. Remember he, he was one of those guys. Hey, is he a tackle? Is he guard? We'll, we'll find out. But I, I think he's getting some valuable reps at tackle and really getting to show what he can do. Yeah. Well, again, man, you he's still a young guy. You got to continue to develop depth. It, it doesn't take much at all for all of a sudden you're you're working down the roster a little bit on the offensive line. And that may mean tackles playing guard, guards playing tackle. Who knows what you're going to end up with. So the fact that I feel like they've, They've started to hit on a couple of the young guys a little bit better. We know what we got out of Sexton. They were super happy about him. He's coming back from that knee from the Florida State game. Uh, the fact that Sexton, Taylor, and already Caden Green are adding some good depth early on is pretty impressive. 
Yeah. And then Aaron Parks, you know, he he doesn't have he doesn't have the length that some of these other guys has uh, have, but he continues to play himself into the mix uh, a little bit. But my hope, and it's nothing, it's nothing against Parks or anything like that. I, my hope is that these guys that do have more physical tools than he's got, right, that they would continue to elevate their game. Now, you can never have too many offensive linemen that you're comfortable putting out there on the field. Right. That's, yeah. that's just not a thing. Like give me all of them, but I just don't know how significantly he will, he will factor in to what they're doing in the fall. That being said, like if you wouldn't have missed some spring practices, he may be the tackle with the ones right now. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, again, man, quality depth and guys that you could perhaps move around is, is everything right now, especially whenever you don't know who you're, I mean, I'm sure they have a good idea, but you know, you, whenever you've got one of the guys that you've kind of at least penciled in, in, in Rouse as a starter, that's not in, it's kind of hard to, to really know what you're going to get from everyone else. And more guys that know what they're doing, have position flexibility. I'm all for it. And it, it feels like, feels like you got a pretty deep well there at tackle that you know even if you know really bad things happen you could you could move some different guys around and hopefully by the time the season rolls around that you've got some some guys that you could trust I mean at a minimum yeah you're you're hoping to have four that you feel really really good about right and I think they they know what they're they feel like they know what they're going to get from Rouse they're on the left side Guyton has shown flashes of being not only good, but he potentially elite. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to, and we'll see what Sexton looks like when he gets back from the knee fully, but it's up to Caden Green, Aaron Parks, Jake Taylor, Sexton, whoever, to to provide some depth there at, at the tackle spot. Anything else you got on the tackles before we move a little further inside? No, I would just ask, you know, I I feel like you feel pretty good about where the tackles are right now, considering that you've got Rouse out with the injury. You've got Sexton battling back from his knee, uh, considering those things, everything else like we're in a we're in a pretty good spot considering. I, I think so. Now you look at you you look at what the tackles were a year ago. Right? Do I think any of these guys are at Anton's level where he was at towards the end of the season last year? No, not right, right. now. They're not there. But that doesn't mean like Guyton can get there. Yeah, Anton Harrison wasn't at that level at this point last year either. No, not he, to say that someone's going to get there, but he made a lot of progress between now and where he ended the season. Yeah, and then you look at I'm expecting Rouse to be one of those you know, high floor, even though he doesn't maybe have the highest ceiling type of guys, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Which, you know me, I love a, I love some some consistency yeah. in a tackle. Well, you got to so, have it. You got to have it. I, I don't think – my hope is there with Rouse and Guyton, it should not be some, like, massive drop-off between what we got from Harrison, from Anton and Wanye last year. Right, yeah. 
that would surprise me. Like if if that happens, then those guys did not have the summers and training camps that they that I expect them to have. Well, especially whenever you factor in that Wanya Morris missed five games last year. Yeah. Five of your twelve. So or I guess five of your thirteen. I mean, that's whenever you factor that in, like you do hope that you get Guyton and Rouse with some serious consistency, and that that helps that quite a bit. Yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, let's talk the interior. Start with Andrew Rame, right? Missing a lot of spring ball again. Guy just has, and he's a talent man. He can. I've said it a lot. I'll say it again. He should be a day, day two draft pick when it's all said and done. But he he has missed valuable time to sharpen his tools. But think it's just an abundance of caution. He's going to be very important for them in the fall. He he's got to have a great summer. He's got to have a great summer. He's got to continue to add more strength. He's got he's got the mental makeup you want. He's physical, he's aggressive, he's the proper amount of crazy. It's it's about the technique for me, right? It's about his feet, his hands, and I am I'm going to continue to tell myself that it's all going to come together. In 2023 the year is the year for Andrew Rame. Come on, Rame, you got it, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know that he's incredibly talented, but I mean, there 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 comes a point with with anyone that I, I I don't lose faith in in Rame at all uh, as far as like what he can be and how good he is, but like at some point you got to wonder is is he a guy that we can count on? It's it's been one thing after another injury wise, and I know that you can't necessarily do anything about that as as a player. Whenever they whenever they pile up, they pile up, but he's missed so much critical practice time that I feel like he's just been he's been really held back as to where he should be at this point right now. If you pile up all of the practices, all of the reps that he's missed, it's substantial. And I it is is that something that he's going to be able to overcome? And you know, I also feel like and you would know better than I would, so this is more of a question, but I think Rame would benefit a lot from having players next to him that were way more physical than like we had guys that were in the right place a year ago, but it would help. It would go a long way to have some physicality on either side of him. Yeah. And that's, that's what beating Bo's looking for, right? You look at what Savion bird has done during spring ball. I think we all were very excited with some of the stuff we saw from him in the Florida state game, in the bowl game last year, the, the foundation for Savion bird is it's solid now, right? He's leaned out. He lost a lot of bad weight, got all the way down to like 283, 285. That, that weight is going to continue to tick back up, but it, it's going to be, it's going to be better weight than it was. And just from, you know, being out to, to a couple of practices, he just, he looks way less, lost out there yeah now than he did uh than he did a year ago he's communicating a lot better he's got all the physical tools man 
right? He's got all the physical tools. He's got, he's got the nasty, like all of that stuff. It's about knowing what he's doing, communicating it, and, and then executing. You know, he, you're, you're going to take some plays where he's taking big swings and misses, right? Like that's, that's just going to come with the way that he wants to play. But my hope is the, the consistency will continue to build, but he should be the starting left guard. If I mean, he absolutely should, if he takes care of his business, we'll see. I, I am, I'm cautiously optimistic with how he has looked, but long way between now and the season. So we'll, right. we'll see, but he, there's no doubt. I mean, he's just, he's an incredibly physically gifted dude. Yep. Yep. That's what we need. We need the road graders in there. And, you know, we know that he plays with, with the attitude that we've seen from some guys in years past, he's got some of that and just brings that physical nature. And again, I think, I think that would help Andrew Rame a lot. I'm, I'm with you. So right guard, McCade Matoyer. I, I feel like I know what I'm going to get from him. Right. He's what, is this his sixth year of college? Think he's so. basically a doctor. Now I'll say, Hey, seems like an awesome Locker room guy, funny guy. I know a lot of people saw the mic'd up and probably enjoyed that, but very well respected, good leader, like all of that stuff. He's just, I, I just don't think he's ever, he's not going to all of a sudden turn into Ben Powers, you know what I mean? And start mauling guys and pancaking them to the ground and just dominating people. But he he's a good, he's a solid option at right guard. Solid option. Like if he ends up starting that right guard for him, I, I feel like, hey, I know what I'm getting. That being said, I there my hope is that someone that's got some more physical gifts will will challenge him for that spot, if that makes sense. I, but Bill loves consistency. I love consistency. Like if if you can't trust the other guy, like if it's this big roller coaster of emotions with how these other guys are going to play, then yeah, you're going to see Matoyer. Yeah. Do you know, can he play center? I've never seen him snap the ball in practice. Okay. I was just wondering if he's like kind of lat like Conjol last year that can play center, can play the guard spots. Um, Nate Anderson has been the 69. Yeah, he's been the one who, when Ram has missed these practices, who has stepped in for them. Uh, him and Josh Bates, and I'll tell you, I think Josh Bates has a chance to be a good player. That's what they've been saying. If I've heard that he, from multiple people up there, he's got multiple screws loose, which is what you want, right? Which is good, but seems like he he's been able to process everything, uh, process the offense well, which is. First and foremost, what you have to be able to do if you want to play center for Bill Biedenbow. Well, he's but, he's like, I, it's, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say rare, but to find a guy that for a really long time has wanted to be a great center, it's like what he has always wanted to be. Um, I he he seems like he's ahead of the curve, driven and and kind of knows where he wants to end up, which is a good thing. Yeah. And if he can, I've got some, some nitpicky stuff with him. He's a true freshman. He's got to get stronger. 
right? Every single, you can say that about the most talented true freshmen across the country that are participating in spring practice right now. That applies to all. But the sooner he can learn that you play low by bending at your ankles and your knees and with some curve in your spine and your forehead up as opposed to bending at your waist and playing with an actual flat back with your forehead down. Yeah. He and he's I think he's starting to learn like hey, I can't I can't do that. I end up on my face too much. Yep. And he started to make that adjustment. Had a, had a small talk with him at practice and I'm pretty sure he was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> which is which is hilarious. But he Dude, he he's got the right makeup, man. I mean, he he wants to be great. He gets in there and battles. He will absolutely scrap. So he's he's a guy I'm excited about. Now, if you have to play true freshman on the interior of the offensive line, typically that's not the situation you're looking for. But if you end up having to throw him out there, no, nothing against Nate Anderson, right? But if Bates can have a really, really good summer, then I would expect him to be making a strong push for the backup center spot when the season rolls around. Now, hey, maybe, maybe Anderson makes some, some significant progress, but he's been around a while, and we've we've just never seen him on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. if if Bates can. If Bates can really have a nice summer, then maybe he's he's your backup center. And with how injury prone Rame has been, you never know. You could be tossing spot. a you could be tossing a true freshman out there to start for you at center at some point in the season. I'd say at this point it's likely. You know. Well, I mean, don't say don't put that on Rame, man. It's all remember, it's all gonna come together for him this year. He's okay. going to play incredibly well and be a late second or early third round draft pick. I'm just Good. speaking it into existence. Here it goes. I'm, Positivity, I'm, Ted. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I hope he plays uh, every single snap, and I hope he has. he's in every single practice in the fall. What about uh, Schaefer, the Miami mm. of Ohio transfer? So I know you've been out to spring practice. They're playing him at tackle. Mm-hmm. I think it is safe to say he is not an offensive tackle. You get out there, you're like, that guy is huge. That's a big body. My thing with him, he is, my, my expectation, is he is going to battle for one of the guard spots. Whether that's left left guard or right guard, I don't really care. But I think they're, because they'll, they'll, in practice, they'll do where he's the tackle for the twos and for what they call like the pride group, mm-hmm. which is the threes. Pride, you can call it what you want. It's threes. I think they just want him to get in shape. Yeah. I think he arrived and what what was he? He's listed at 337. That's too heavy. Yeah. Um, or, or we need to what's the best word? Redistribute that 337. And I think I think Caleb Schaefer and Jerry Schmidt are going to become very very well acquainted in the summer months. And I think him leaning out a little bit because he moves pretty well. When you go out there and watch him, he moves pretty well. If he leans out a little bit, uh, gets a little more explosiveness to him. I, 
I would not be surprised if he starts multiple games at guard or even starts the season as one of your starting guards because that's a big dude, man. Yeah. I mean, that is a big physical dude. And, you know, going back and watching what he did at Miami of Ohio, he clearly he's got the he's got the nasty that Bill is looking for. Good. Well, I like it. It feels like overall, at least at this point, in a in a pretty good position for the offensive line, right? Or is am I I I feel better about it than I thought I was going to feel. And you know me, these these last couple of years, I have kind of taken a I don't want to say a pessimistic view, just like a I I've I've just been patient with my assessment of what I thought the groups were gonna be. Yeah. And I I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about where they're at right now. So we'll see. I, I think Schaefer developing and giving you some depth at guard or challenging for one of those starting spot, spots is important. And then I think the the third and even fourth tackles, I think are I, I think those are my big question marks right now. Yeah. Gotta stay I mean, healthy. That that's everyone, right? You gotta stay healthy, but feel well, decent about it. I, then again, I feel like the other day in the scrimmage, they rushed for like 500 yards on the defense and just right. mauled their ass. So I was like, yeah. yeah. So I'm that I was like, oh my God, they're gonna be amazing. And then I was like, relax, relax. It was just one day. So I've been out there and seen them get their ass kicked, and I've been out there and see them look really solid. So who knows, man? Well, I'll tell you what I like a lot is that I if you just go, I mean, Guyton's still young, but I, if you look at Caden Green, Jake Taylor, Jacob Sexton, um, even Bird, who's who's a fairly younger guy, uh, Bates, who's a early arrival, I feel like for the first time, our young recruited depth is starting to look really, really good whenever it feels like the past two or three years, we've almost been entirely dependent on transfer guys coming in. You know, yeah, feels like Bill's finally getting a really good base of recruited young guys that can kind of come up in the system and and really know by the time they're really asked to play, they know they're going to be much more informed on this offense by the, by the time that rolls around. Yeah, I am. I'm excited about some of the young guys. Yeah. I was really impressed. Just I I wasn't going in with super high expectations of Caden Green and his ability to move and I just I just kind of liked his demeanor, very businesslike. Didn't say much, which there's nothing we love more than a freshman that doesn't say a lot, <laughs> Right. Yeah, and then my Josh Bates. Player. Yeah, Josh Bates. I like I like the mentality. I like where where his career like the trajectory that that he is on so yeah i mean there's a lot to be excited about but it, it's it's similar it's similar to what we said about the defensive ends group like the edge group yeah it, it's something like the they 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 have to have a massive summer and and a really good training camp and if, especially a couple of these guys like i i've not hit this i think i think tyler gotten can be a special player yeah, he should be. So that's where I am. 
cautiously optimistic about what this offensive line is going to look like. It's good I, enough for me in April. I do like I do like the way they compete. Good. Which, you know, if sometimes sometimes you're going to lose battles, man. But I I can ride with guys that are out there playing hard and competing. So good. we'll see. I think this is a, this is maybe the fifth time I've said this in this podcast. <laughs> it's a long way until we kick this thing off in the fall. So right. let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys, how are y'all feeling about OU's offensive line situation? This first one comes from J.R. Brown. He says, Coach B is the man. He will get them right. Portal additions and new talent could be better than last year. Rame and Bird need to be the anchors. Think the Schaefer kid is a mauler. The chemistry has to be right by game two. There's a lot in there from our man J.R. Brown, but yeah, I've I agree with pretty much all of that. If, if we're starting the season with uh, Rouse, Bird, Rame, Schaefer, and Guyton across the like, that's I, a in the, that's a pretty formidable group, right? That's yeah, right. Especially because that would have meant, you know, if we're thinking, hey, everyone was healthy, like that means Schaefer beat Matoyer out. Yeah, I mean that. That's not going to be easy because they they got a lot of respect and they really they really appreciate the level of consistency that he brings. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think any of these spots are written like no one's sharpied in right now. Right. That's that's good. Especially, that's how you want it. Especially with how Bill works, man. <laughs> right. The second you think you got your spot, watch out. <laughs> watch out. Uh this other one comes from Father Will Banowski who says cautiously optimistic, but the young guys need to develop into relentless butt kickers in the run game. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that I, you, I'm, that's your thing, man. You are. Well, I, I think it makes this offense go. I, this, you, you will not see this offense at its full capability and potential until you can run inside zone or inside, um, you know, split zone, and blow people off the football without going tempo. I once that happens, and you can do that against a a single high where they've got the numbers in the box, and you can still have success. Look out! That's whenever you're going to start turning people's lights out. And we and we've been we've been too soft in the interior in over the the last couple of years, in my opinion, really. It, it's it's been a while since we've had an offensive line that was straight up mulling people. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this group can can get back to a little more of that. All right, birthday shout outs. Happy fourth birthday to Witten Green. Happy forty second birthday to Joe Boomer Coleman. Happy forty second birthday to Jessica Olson's dad. She <laughs> didn't give us your name. But happy birthday, Jessica Olson's dad. I, people, if you send me an email that says, hey, I want to wish my dad ha a happy 42nd birthday, and then you don't put the name in it, this is what I'm going to do because I think it's kind of funny. Does that make me a bad person? Uh, no. Frankly, put, after you put have their name in it, 
name and how old they're turning. That's it. That's all we need. After you have kids, though, you no longer really have a name. You're just known as you're Jessica's dad, right? Like that's that's how it works. So I it fits. It's only a matter of time till I'm Cam's dad. That's right. Or Eli's dad. We would. Happy birthday to Larissa Holquin. And happy fifty third birthday to Honey Fries. That's a real name. That's awesome. I think I think it's real. Happy birthday, honey. Happy birthday, honey. All right. Let's talk a little basketball. FGTB coming up. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals, and you can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with an expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamore. Metropolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in buttery self-comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you, you hungry? I bet you are. Head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. Their food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. TV's everywhere. Everywhere. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, football guys talking basketball, FGTB. Ted, the Oklahoma City Thunder are headed to the NBA play-in as the 10 seed. Let's go. Well, here we go. A game that means something. Um, I know they've played in a bunch leading up to this, but uh, now you, I guess you have a toe in the dance, which is, uh, which is fun. Be- before we dive into what's going on here with the NBA play-in, I've seen some things, and I just want to clarify something. And I feel like you're the perfect person to ask about this. I keep seeing things that say like, oh, the Thunder's postseason drought ends at two, like two years. I is it am I wrong to not consider like I think you should I guess when you say postseason, that's true. It's not the same as playoffs, though. Like I if the Thunder do not make the actual playoffs, I will I will view it as the draft is still taking place. But it That's seems right. like other people are saying, I've seen a lot of stuff, people saying, this Thunder streak of missed postseasons is over at two. I guess it's just a phrasing situation here, a semantic situation, but that ain't how I see it. Yeah, you, you can't, postseason is technically true but you can't call the play in the postseason with a, come on right. 
you have to you have to be in a postseason series. You have to be in a series. There you go. For it to really count. Like you can't you're not in until you're in a series. So there, there's someone listening to this that's going, Hey, is it the regular season anymore? And I would go, I No, it's it. not. Is it after the regular season? Why, yes, yes, it is. This is after. So would you say it's post season? Yeah. Technically, yes, but we're saying we don't care. I think that's our official position. Uh, it is post season, but pre playoffs. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Perfectly stated, sir. So we want this team to make the playoffs. But I will say, youngest team in the NBA making the play in. This is I we didn't really expect this, right? No. But it, it's gonna be a lot of fun. They will take on the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night at 8 30 in what is the 9 10 game. So just a reminder how the play-in works. The winner of the 9-10 game will play the loser of the 7-8 game, right? So the winner of the 7-8 game becomes the 7 seed, and then whoever wins between the loser of the 7-8 and the winner of the 9-10 becomes the 8 seed. So if the Oklahoma City Thunder makes the actual playoffs, not the postseason, but the playoffs, then the only way they can do it is by beating the Pelicans, then beating the loser of Lakers-Timberwolves, and then if they do that, they will play as the eight seed in a playoff series against the number one number one seeded Denver Nuggets. What a reward, right? Little Jokic. Right? Yeah, but hey, uh, again, just like we've been, t- like, even if they weren't going to make the play in, we were talking about how good this experience is for those guys, right? And if I remember right, before. The Thunder made that big run. weren't Was it weren't the Lakers the one seed? And you know they what they win one or two games in that one, and that was kind of their first appearance. And they learned a lot from that and started started to climb. Yeah. So you you look at the matchup on Wednesday night. Thunder have played the Pelicans four times this season. Pelicans have won three of those four, but the Thunder losses were by four by three in overtime, and by three. So I, especially Zion not coming back for the Pelicans, we know that, but I, I am yeah, shocked. <laughs> Some dude has missed, he has missed three months with a hamstring. Yeah. I've looked it up. He got hurt on January 2nd and is still not back. Well, yeah, that's crazy. That's- that's the latest. That's like this hamstring. That's not the other two or three times it's happened. Oh, my gosh. But I, I think that, you know, Herb Jones is a tough matchup for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's one, he's one of the guys in the league that I think guards Shea the best. But, hey, if you can get Brandon Ingram to miss some shots, I mean, who knows what will happen? Who, who knows? But the fact that they they are going down to New Orleans – for a must-win game, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's awesome in front of a bunch of eyeballs. Like oh, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna get you know, I don't know how many national broadcasts they've had this year. Um, can't imagine it's been a significant amount. But here's one that's gonna have 
uh, a lot of people across the league, you know, watching and obviously talking about how young and exciting this team is and, and what the future looks like. It's good, good stuff. Yeah, I think they can win that game. And then if if the Lakers can beat the Timberwolves in that 7-8 matchup, well, the Timberwolves got some issues, man. I don't know if you saw that stuff that happened on Sunday with them. Jaden McDaniels, who is, I, I think that dude is a stud, broke his hand punching a wall in the tunnel. I didn't and, see that. Oh, yeah. Just punches a wall. You can see it. Great shot of it. Punches it. Fractures his right hand. I mean, that's up there on the on the stupid scale. Walls are still undefeated. Yeah, they absolutely are. And then the whole Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson situation, they're in the huddle. And I I think people people use the term he threw a punch way too loosely. That was not a thrown punch. It was like a stern like shoulder shove thing. It was not a thrown punch. Like just relax, everyone. But he did push him in the shoulder during a timeout. And the Denver Wolves sent Gobert's ass home during the middle of the game. It was insane. So what's great? What I thought was great is it was it was just an interesting show of length. Uh, it just shows that Gobert could throw a jab and punch you from the parking lot. Oh my gosh! <laughs> See how much ground he covered with that. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. The end of the but, bench, basically. But yeah, That's it fun. seems like the the Timber- now they still have Anthony Edwards, but. Seems like they got some uh, some chemistry issues going on. So we'll see how this ends up working out for the Thunder. But I did go, <laughs> I did go to the game on Sunday. We had like my side of the uh my side of the family's like Easter basically at the game, right? No SGA, no Giddy, no Dort, no Jalen Williams, neither Jalen, neither of the Jalen Williamses played. But it was kind of fun seeing guys like Trey Mann and Usman Jang doing some good things so in the season get a win easy win even though kenny lofton jr went for 40 plus on him <laughs> big well <laughs> i love watching a thick guy thrive out there on the basketball floor but get their 40th win not too shabby for a not team whose over under win total was 23 and a half man that sucker cashed a long time ago that's awesome yeah all right, we got to cover one more thing in FGTB. Do we even want to talk about the OU basketball situation? Do we want to? No. Do we have to? Yes. Two words. Not great. It's not great. Jacob Groves, Joe Bamisil, Bijan Cortez, CJ Nolan, Benny Schroeder, all in the portal. Jalen Hill going through the draft process, but also entered in the portal. That one hurt, man. Mm-hmm. I th- I love that guy. That one hurt I bad. Too. I do too. And he's highly I, – I don't think he's going to be a guy that gets drafted, so it's going to hurt if he's playing college basketball somewhere else next year. It's going to hurt because I did, he just felt very OU, right, and the fan base yep. loved him. But ugh. Sherfield entered the draft. In my opinion, he's not an NBA player, but wish that guy the best of luck. Yeah. Order's got to build it all over again, man. Three years in a row. Brand new team. Oh. This is this is not how you typically, right? There's exceptions to everything, but this is not how you build 
It's not how you build a successful program, man. It's mm-hmm. just brutal. Yeah, it's tough. Like this is the this is the bad side of the transfer portal, right? Is you don't have any time with anyone to to really develop your chemistry and which is like he's he's more of like a system guy and those teams are usually good whenever you have a bunch of seniors that have been in a system for a long time right that's what he was doing at Loyola Chicago that's right so that's why he got this job it makes it makes it incredibly difficult to be able to pull that off um i hate that for him cuz i think he's a really good coach i think he he does a lot of really good things but you can't you can't three times in a row be expected to build a team from scraps. You just can't do it. It is absolutely crucial that Porter Moser holds on to a take away in Milo Suzanne. Yeah. It could be I catastrophic's a strong word, but if you lose either of those guys, right, guys with that type of upside, that oof, that would be bad. It, he's already having to re rehaul this whole roster basically again. I was about to say, aren't we already at catastrophic? Yeah, but if you lose, you say it, that's when, like, and you know how thing. much I like that guy. Yeah, yeah, This is my biggest compliment. He moves like an NBA player. There you go. Yeah. That's why. Now, we saw Jerome Tank. Pull, pull it off in Manhattan, right? This season with what they were able to do. He got that job, threw that roster together in Elite Eight. They're awfully close to going to a Final Four. What is, do we just have to start paying guys? Like, is yeah. that that's how it feels, man? It feels like we we need to mobilize the fan base. We need to pay some dudes to come play basketball in Norman. And well, I know, I know some people may not like that, but that's how it feels. We, the only way to get out of purgatory right now is to buy your way out. I feel like, unfortunately, and you know, that's just, that's just, it's what it's become. That's what, that's what it's become. I mean, we, we and everyone else spend a lot of time talking about the football transfer portal and a lot happens in it, but the basketball transfer portal is probably I mean, it's the program maker and the program killer. You're in, you're out. And unfortunately, we've been on the bad end of it. Yeah. Maybe it'll all turn out okay. Yeah. Uh, just want them to be good, you know? I, I, I'm i not expecting Final Four runs. I just, just want to be entertained. I just, how about this? I just don't want him to finish dead last in the conference again. How about that? Yeah. I I feel the exact same way, and we are not off to a great start in that department, unfortunately. But we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. If anybody has any ideas, let us know. Other other than uh piling some cash into the NIL. Yeah, that may be. Maybe the only way, man. It may be the only way. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first. 
Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Uh, first of all, um, thought about going with OU recruiting. We did get the commitment from Michael Hawkins uh, coming to Oklahoma over Texas Christian University. So that's big time. Got your 2024 QB. Now it's time for him to recruit the class. That's right. Usually the keystone uh, player of the class. So hopefully uh, that's what we get again this year. Um, I had to go with the BGA. You had the PGA versus the Live Tour uh, on Sunday, the Masters, right? And the PGA whipped the Live Tour's ass whenever it comes to uh, Kepka and John Rom. Now, you say that couple Mick, other guys played well. Uh, you you look at you look at the top three. Two of them are Live Tour guys. That's true, and Mickelson looked great. Coming down the stretch, didn't he? It's okay. like he and Spieth were like, like grabbed each other before the round and said, let's go get this thing or something. They were on a mission. Dude, and I know that you are not a Spieth fan. I yeah, understand yeah. that. But how much fun was it watching that group? It was. Dude, those two guys, when, when you talk about fun guys to watch when they're on a heater, Nicholson and Spieth are way up there on that list. And they both, and the best part about Spieth when he's on a heater, he still hits a driver too, where you're just like, oh my gosh, he's in the trees. You can't see it. Like it's 18, all going to be crashing down. 18. He's, he's playing unbelievable golf. He's absolutely rolling. And he just yanks it into the trees. You like show a camera shot. You can't even see the guy. It's just unbelievable. It was wildly Which, entertaining. How about Rom on 18? You How far to talk did that about, drive go? Dude, the dude hit a provisional. He hit a provisional. Can you imagine if you're hitting three from the tee right there and like the golf gods were nice to him right there? That could, I mean, it's one thing to step up there and hit what was a horrible 
uh, tee shot, like the swing of emotions. He was probably the happiest he's been the entire day whenever that ball ended up where it ended up. Like if you're hitting three from the tee right there, that is a, that's that next shot becomes a totally different animal. Yeah. And the thing was the reason why he was in the position that he was in is like, he had not made the big mistake all day. Yep. He just been rock solid, consistent. And then, and then that drive on 18, you're like, no one knew where the ball was. It was, right. there was that moment where it's like, oh my God, he's actually, he's going to hit a provisional. He's reteed. Here we go. Let's get weird. Well, that's kind of where I was at the time. I was like, this could use a little bit of drama right here. Yeah. I, I will say, uh, my wife sent me this picture uh, along. We were, we were in Hawaii a while back and, there's this picture of my son and he's stuffing his face with French fries and John Rom's right behind him. So, uh, Cam would like to wish his very, very good friend, John Rom, congratulations on winning the masters. Uh, Cam looks, that's what John Rom's going to look like tonight when he's celebrating. <laughs> I, uh, there's nothing better than Rom. Like I just love Rom's Rom's physique for a golfer is just mesmerizing. You know, it's just the swing, the physique, everything about it. The dude is incredible. Yep. He's, um, he's good, man. He, he's, uh, he's, he's a fun guy to watch. Cause he, I, it looks like he is constantly teetering on the edge of pissed off, which, you know, is kind of unique for a golfer where they're typically just almost, flatline emotional uh he always looks like he is he's in that tee shot on 18 away from just exploding <laughs> but he held it together nicely there that that was the thing about him early in his career remember people like yep. he's too emotional he gets too mad and uh, hey whatever the dude is doing it's too working rich now oh my gosh that was all awesome, in the world i how about the uh how about the difference a day makes in what it looked like on the course yesterday compared to today? I guess even this morning was was bad. It it made me it made me sad for everyone that had spent all that money to go to the Masters to watch it in those conditions. It looked miserable, <laughs> dude. I felt horrible for everyone, like the golfers, the the patrons. Like it just, it looked terrible out there. No, no one looked like they were having fun at all, especially Tiger Woods. Oh my gosh. I, which that is like the lasting impression of this masters for me was Tiger standing there. Like I, I, I saw a picture on Twitter. He's standing there and it's just pouring and his caddy's got his beanie on and his beanie is totally soaked. And it's just like pouring down his face it's like 40 degrees horrible horrible oh, and then he hurt his foot i know that uh, that shot of him limping that bad eye it that yeah. hurt everyone that loves golf that all that a little bit of all of our souls died when we all saw that clip here's the thing though like i'm a huge tiger fan and i love whenever he's he's in the fight in a major there's nothing better but I I had no expectations as soon as I saw what the weather forecast was. It needs yeah. to be like a hundred degrees for Tiger to to go out there and, and hold it together. Are and, you sure the dude the dude was sweating like uncontrollably when it was like seventy something? You sure he can handle a yeah. hundred? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just saying the hotter the better. I I completely agree. But 
congrats, John Rom. You're yep. the best golfer in the world. That's awesome. It's good. <laughs> good. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I I did love seeing Kepka in it again, man. I want him to come back, Brooks. I come know. back. I thought he had a chance to do something special there whenever he what he birdied 15 and then made that nice putt on 16 to go back to back birdies and then lost the tee shot on 17. I mean, I, I thought he was uh, about to make make a nice run here and, and see if it could get interesting. I mean, imagine if he had birdied 17 and then Rom hits that tee shot on 18, it would have been a totally different situation. Last thing I'll say about the Masters, so much for the live golf guys being super rusty. I know. Mickelson. Kepka T two, Patrick Reed T four. I mean, if if Mickelson hadn't closed the way he did on Sunday, I mean, I I imagine everyone would have been saying like, "Well, that's what Kepka gets. He's only used to playing fifty four, right?" That's true. I mean, Phil Mickelson that, saved right everyone. Like we all were gonna fire off a well. I mean, when's the last time he's played a fourth round? Uh, we were all going to fire off the same tweet. But Mickelson, that, that was fun to watch, man. The shades, I still don't understand it, though. I don't know. what. There's almost no one wears shades on tour. What, what's the deal with that? I have no idea. Do, do you ever golf without sunglasses? No, not really. Like If it's cloudy, I'm wearing sunglasses. Yeah, I don't. I thought maybe it's something like, uh, I I don't know, it's weird, but because it was sunny as can be in the final round, and not a single dude was wearing shades. Mickelson could not wait to break out the the mirror aviators. Well, <laughs> there's gonna be some more guys trying those <laughs> with the way that he was firing those wedges in there. That, that was, was awesome. fun. All right, who did was your loser of the weekend? I don't know. Is it the Jets for losing out on Odell Beckham Jr., or is it the Ravens for signing him to a one-year $15 million deal? I'm not exactly sure here. I Okay. So I find it strange. I find it strange that they gave him that much money. It is that is it weird that I Cause I saw it now because it's what it can be up to 18 million, right? Yeah. For Odell. I mean, when's the, when's the last time he produced? I I would almost say never. Like consistently. Well, the Rams, I, I mean the Rams Super Bowl run, he had some big well, performances, when did he join right? though. He's torn his ACL twice in the last three seasons. What what game did he join the Rams? Was it right before the playoffs, right? Yeah, it was late. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think it I that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Are the Jets the loser for losing out on him or are the Ravens the loser for to signing him to such a huge deal? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a good sign and something that you had to do to get on the good side of Lamar Jackson and to maybe get something done where he, he's not holding out or whatever. I, I don't know, but uh, it's fascinating. We'll see, see if he can stay healthy and, and put a full season together. Yeah. Uh, he is. What's he 30? 
Yeah, young. That's up there in wide receiver years. So yeah, it is not young, and he's you know he's been better recently, but you know he's not necessarily the guy you go to for locker room glue. I am, I'm convinced, because it feels very unRavens to me, just with how that organization's been run in the past. It feels like this is what you had to do to get the deal with Lamar done. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels to me. Right. Right. Because I, you know, they're buddies. Maybe it's just, it, it was just the price of doing business with the Ravens to get Lamar Jackson back into the fold. If you could sign one year to 15 uh, to Odell and lock Lamar Jackson up for an extended amount for below what he was asking, or, you know, maybe you, maybe you do that. Maybe you end up saving money in the long run and, um, and who knows, or even better, maybe it works out perfectly and Lamar signs, and he and Odell are the top, you know, quarterback receiver duo in the league next year. I guess that would be the best picture you could get from it. Not likely. I I did not expect Odell to get that type of deal. Maybe Lamar Jackson should hire his agent. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive, man. No agent kidding. did some work. That's good stuff. It's crazy. Do you think he- – it's just, it's just hard to imagine that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to go out there and have a massive season and not get hurt. He, there's, I would put... You didn't even play football last year. I'd put it at less than 5% chance that he plays every game. What would be a successful season? Like 750 yards receiving? I, I mean, when you're, but when you're talking about the money, like he needs to be a... A thousand yard receiver, get making that money. Uh, he needs to at least have a touchdown for every million dollars they pay him, right? <laughs> Be a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> I know, I know it would. <laughs> All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first, John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for forty years. They're family owned and operated, and they've got nine full service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. Here's how it works. You buy a new or used car. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive axle, or transfer unit, they'll cover the repair costs. It's a great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Ladies and gentlemen, make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with the Big 12 and Brett Yormark, the CW for the Pac-12. 
I mean, hey. Max Olson and Stuart Mandel, those are two well-connected guys. They're right for the athletic. They both reported, hey, the Pac-12 is talking with the CW as its TV negotiations extend into late spring or early summer. Yikes. Stay tuned. Coming up after Charmed, Utah goes to Oregon for right a top-10 after- matchup. <laughs> Right after One Tree Hill reruns. <laughs> yeah. Live live golf in Pac-12 football, baby. Let's go. I guess, hey, you know, you got to start somewhere if you're looking to get into the live sports uh, business. And um, I know they're not going to have it this year, but I, I think the Pac-12 is going to be awesome this year. It's going to be Probably the most competitive, most exciting conference to watch. A lot of quarterbacks. Every quarterback is good out there, man. Yeah. So, but that report, it just makes Brett Yormark look even better for jumping them in the line and getting a deal done with Fox and ESPN when he got it done. And you the know, CW. <laughs> you know, there's there's not an athletic director out there that can spin a TV deal with the CW as positive to their donor base for sports, right? There's no way. So it's only a matter of time before ADs in schools start to break ranks. Cause right now they're trying to stay solid. Like if you've got, if you've got a rift, if you've got anyone that's not totally in and that, and that is outspoken, there's no way you can get a TV deal. Right. But that's about to start happening. It has to. Yeah. To be determined. Mm-hmm. I, every update that comes, though, from the Pac-12, it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. So we'll we'll see. Maybe they'll be on Food Network next season. I don't know. Hey, there you go. I I watch that way more than I watch the CW. I know that. <laughs> Same. Diners so. driving and dives. What a show! Fantastic. All right, but my word of the weekend. National Hockey League. Huh? Guess guess what I did once the Masters got called on Saturday, Ted? Did you catch up on some NHL? I watched a ton of hockey. I don't know. It was on. I was like, why not? I normally don't watch till the playoffs. The playoffs are in like a week. But so do you have do you have any idea who Connor McDavid is? Yeah. He's the young prodigy. Okay. I, I had read about him. I'd seen the highlights, right? It was I mean, a big deal whenever he was finally draft age and uh like that's that was a it was a big deal. Uh let me tell you, this dude is unbelievable with what I watched. Mm-hmm. I mean, two goals and an assist. I mean the Oilers I the Oilers may become like must see TV for me in the playoffs. I I don't know a ton about hockey, but that dude dominated everyone else on the ice. I don't know if LeBron James is or Giannis. I don't know what the NBA equivalent or NFL equivalent is, but he might be better at hockey than any other athlete is at their sport. It was like, even I could see it. And I know nothing (laughs) about hockey. I was like, this guy's incredible. Right. Yeah. It's nuts, man. That's why he gets all the comparisons to Gretzky. 151 points on the year. Learn that. Learn that. Uh, He's the sixth player in NHL history to do that in a season. 
pretty good. First since 1996. That's what they said on the broadcast. Hey, you've got to have stars, man. Stars make the sport go. And, you know, I it's it's been a while since – I mean, the NHL's got uh, – They've had good players for a while. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But like a legend, like a superstar type of player, it's it's good timing for them. Yeah. And then I watched a little bit of the Boston Bruins. First Boston Bruins game I've watched all season. I know, I know you're shocked. Yeah. They won their 62nd game against the Devils in the game I watched. And I checked today. Oh, they wow. just won their 63rd game. They broke the, the NHL record for wins in a single season. Wow. That's pretty damn good. There's some like hardcore hockey people that are listening to me say this being like, yeah, no duh. This has uh, been happening all season. They're amazing. But I'm kind of getting excited. Is this are we gonna have to start uh football guys talking hockey? Is this the green light for me to start watching hockey again? Dude, playoff hockey. Hey, the playoffs starting a week. Playoff hockey is incredible. Incredible. Yep. One little other hockey tidbit. Sidney okay. Crosby uh-huh. hit the 1,500 points mark. Only the 15th player to do that. How about that? Impressive. Impressive. I don't I don't care about the Penguins, though. I, I'm an Oilers guy. Let's go Connor McDavid. Yeah, I'm just going to root for the best player. What's up? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right, for my loser of the weekend. Thought about going with Travis Kelsey. Did you see that first pitch? Yeah, what? How is that possible? Nerves? I think he just held it in the hand too long. Did you see his tweet? He's like, "Could you tell I've been spiking balls for ten years?" Which is a great tweet. But nice save. A, a, a rare L for the future Hall of Famer. Just not a good pitch. Uh, and he's a Cleveland guy too, so like him throwing the first pitch at a Guardians game—that's a big deal. He just gripped it a little too tight. Maybe it wasn't. I think. I think he wanted to throw it hard too bad. You know what I mean? Like he wanted it too much. Yeah. You, you got to, in that moment, you got to think about risk reward. Yeah. Would it be awesome to fire a fastball right down the pipe? Absolutely. But a lot of risk right there. A lot of risk. You, yeah. It's the better play is to just loft it up there. Yeah. Well, did not go particularly well, but it's a fun memory. And it's great. He's so likable and funny that it's it almost somehow works. <laughs> like we'd be clowning he did everyone it on else. Purpose. He does, yeah. it, I could it, I wouldn't put it past him as a, a side bet to go out there and spike it. <laughs> That's that could <laughs> you're right. That could be a thing. But I also thought about going with the LA Clippers. Now, maybe the basketball gods will reward them for winning games. That could be the case, but they beat the Suns on Sunday to set up a matchup with the Suns in the first round of the playoffs. The Timberwolves won. If they just would have lost that game to the Suns, they would have had a series against the Kings in the first round. Uh, Reminder, Clippers probably not going to have Paul George for this first round matchup. Suns, Kevin Durant is back. They look very good. I don't know. It's one of those where you're just like, oh, you probably should have lost. You probably should have taken your chances with the Kings. No offense <laughs> to the Kings. They've been great this year, but I want yeah. no part of Durant and Devin Booker. I want no part of that. No, nope. that's tough. But hey, at least you're in, right? 
At least they're in a playoff series. Series, yes. <laughs> but my loser of the weekend, a team that is not in a playoff series or in the play-in. I feel like the Mavericks have been my loser of the week or weekend quite a few times now. You lose on purpose to the Chicago Bulls on Friday night to officially eliminate yourselves from the play-in, and you make all Thunder fans watch a crappy game on Sunday as a result of it, but it's okay. It's okay. Didn't play Kyrie. Didn't play the four other guys, right? You sit him out. Luca played a quarter and then took a shower and put sweats on. Jason, you can't talk about the tanking, Jason Kidd. That's the number one rule of tanking. It's just like Fight Club. Don't talk about it or else you're going to get fined. But Jason Kidd, very open about the whole thing. He was like, well, we had a plan and the plan has changed. (laughs) I'm just doing what I'm told to do was basically the message. And of course, does that mean he knows he's getting fired anyways? Maybe it could be him like giving Mark Cuban the middle finger out uh, on his way out of the door. I don't know. But of course, after all of those shenanigans and Jason Kidd just talking about it openly on the podium, the NBA has launched an investigation into Dallas's roster decisions against the Bulls. Uh, let me save you some time, NBA. They lost on purpose. <laughs> yeah. You find their you find their owner before in the past for talking about tanking on purpose publicly. Like, let me just save you some time. And I get it. You want to keep your top 10 pick. You don't want to have to send it to the Knicks. I get that. You just can't talk about it, guys. You just do it, and you don't say a word. One could make the claim that they officially started tanking whenever they signed Kyrie. They sent they sent assets out. Is he not like... The best part is everyone was like, this is not going to work. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll try it. When is the last time there was a move made with Kyrie that wasn't an epic disaster. I. Uh, he still. It seems like the guys in the NBA still really respect him for like his skill level and all that stuff. But I. There's a lot of distraction, man. There's a lot. That, I don't know. I I don't know what he's like in the locker room at all. But it's been a long time that since every time that a move is made, it's like this is. This is going to be horrible. This is not going to go good. You cannot, your 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 team cannot function with Kyrie there. Yeah. Now now everyone's writing there. Where could they trade Luka Doncic? Articles, the lists. It's like- I saw this. I, I saw this headline on ESPN that said the Mavericks fear that Luka will ask for a trade. After the 2024 season, it's like, what the hell kind of ridiculous headline is that? I is that them like trying to get him to ask for a trade? Like, what is that? I I don't know. I, someone sent me the headline was Luka Doncic trade rumors, ranking all 29 teams as possible destinations if the Mavericks star asks out. Guess who number one on that is? The Oklahoma City Thunder. I was like, I don't think that's that's I don't think that's that doesn't feel like a very Sam Presti thing to do. But I read the article. I did. 
I, I won't lie. He's very good at basketball. He's very bad at defense. And his body language is the worst. I was about to say, like, I don't want him to come to Oklahoma City. Because I, you're gonna have to get rid of some good young players. It and it does not make sense. No, 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 no. So congrats on keeping your top ten pick though, Dallas. Now he did he did have an exit interview and did some media availability on Sunday and he was like, Yeah, I saw all this stuff. I I didn't ask for a trade. I'm fine, I'm happy here, all this stuff. When you have to come out and say that publicly already, that's not a good thing. No. Everything's fine. <laughs> okay. We'll I see. guess he's been going through some stuff, right? Is he getting yeah, sued he, by his mom or something? Yeah. Or? It's like trademark thing. I think, I don't know. It sound, doesn't sound fun. Nope. I think you really missed Jalen Brunson, too. I think they were really close. Which is what? I'm just really glad the Thunder have Sam Presti. You know? Because <laughs> you can mismanage situations, and it feels like feels like we got one of the best. Have a great uh, offseason, Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> uh, On that note, episode 307 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Wednesday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on Series X and Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Hope everyone had an awesome Easter. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time